Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. This morning, and as I'm processing and I'm, we're stepping and it's been a, uh, to be honest, I don't rest particularly well, so the idea of going off on a holiday with my three kids for a long time. We started something yesterday called Quiet Time. We split them up in three rooms, and it actually worked pretty well. Um, it was much necessary yesterday, so we think it's a good plan. Um, we'll see how it works out. I'll feed back to you. But there's this amazing scripture, and the context is this in Luke 18. It's this woman who, who she's the persistent prayer, the persistent widow. She comes and she asks an unjust judge for breakthrough and for for the vindication that she requires, and she doesn't keep, she doesn't stop. She keeps asking. And into that context, and after that picture that Jesus plays out, he makes this amazing statement where actually it's a question. And I think it's as relevant then as it is to us today. And it's this question, however, when the Son of Man comes, comes will he find faith on the earth? Ten years of ministry for us, and I'm processing what it all means, uh, it's, it's just gone. We've been longer in ministry than we were in the marketplace. And so it's, it's kind of a weird thing for me because I always thought, well, I was longer in the marketplace you, you, and, and identities and all sorts of stuff. And now 10 years in ministry, I'm saying, God asked this question after probably hundreds of preachers, hundreds of prayer meetings, hundreds of counseling sessions, hundreds of moments in people's lives. Have you still got faith, Mark? Me? Still got faith to get up early sometimes and pray for people who don't have a clue that you're praying for. Have you still got faith to sow? Have you still got faith to take your kids on a faith journey? Or are they at the stage now when it's more difficult and it was easier to call people to bring kids out in the evening or to take them into Site 5 to serve communities? Was it easier when they were small or was it more difficult now? Have you still got faith, son? It's just me. I'm very, I want to be vulnerable. Yeah, last week I was vulnerable. I want to be vulnerable again. I feel God asking us as a church, and a question today, is it it not just another day? See, I think when Jesus comes back, it'll be just unlike another day. For some, it's wake up early, put the cornflakes in the bowl, uh, I don't know what your rituals are, get a coffee going, watch the sunrise, maybe fill the tank on the way to work, just another day, and then boom, everything will stop. And stock markets won't matter, and Donald Trump's hairstyle won't matter, and nothing of this world will matter because Jesus Christ has returned in fullness on us. And I was going to read a scripture from Luke 17, which precedes this scripture, and it's the coming of the kingdom, and and he's describing what happened when Lot, and Lot was there, and all of a sudden, that city was gone, and it says people were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. I think it was just another normal day. How much more when Jesus returns? Why do we need faith? Faith is not just just a thing Christians do on the weekends. Faith is not just a faith. Our faith is what pleases God. It's what Hebrews tells us. He says, when, when Jesus comes back, what is he looking for? Let me look for the, the really good stewards. And we make this, the really good, who has made bucks? Let me like find those guys on earth. 
Give me the bank statements. Or, or maybe who, who has given a million hours to social justice? Who has, has taken their kids on journeys? No, he's just looking for one thing. He's scouring the earth. He's in, and he's, he's in the details of our homes and our lives, and he's looking for faith. Why? Because faith exalts him. Faith honors him. Faith gives him glory. Faith means that there are no other idols that take that place that can only be taken by the king of kings. Can only be taken when we worship him and there is this breath poured out of us. It's only because he is worthy. He's worthy. And it's his glory that we believe in him more than any other. That's faith. It's precious to Jesus. Spurgeon says this, This is the gold, speaking of faith, he says, this is the gold he seeks amid the courts of our humanity. This is the object of his royal quest. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? That's what Jesus is looking for. He's not looking for amounts. He's not looking for time. How many Sundays did you go to church? That looks a little bit more like an Australian batting average than a South African. Bad joke cricket joke but do you have this persevering faith like this woman who just kept pleading and 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 asking of an unjust judge a persevering faith and i'm sitting down in my study and i'm preparing to to rest because to be honest i've got to prepare to rest it's like something i've got to plan to keep going is easy but to rest is like okay you're actually going to sit in your office for like that time it's hard what about your finances is there still faith in your finances i'm asking myself so I've seen buildings built, I've sown, I've given, I've asked my wife, can we give? What about relationships? Is there still faith? Maybe this year what you'd hoped for didn't work out. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was a, a reconciliation relationship with a parent. Have you still got faith for relationships? Maybe you got healed 10 years ago of something amazing. See, I had faith when we were struggling for pregnant for a couple of years. I had faith. It rose up. And I was praying for everyone and people get healed. And then all of a sudden, God says, actually, but you're not in need. Do you still have faith to see God do something amazing? I, I, I talk about persevering faith. I don't even know what it is. I'm, I'm learning. I'm sitting with Malcolm and Michelle. And I hear, how many years? Malcolm, 14 years. You trusted God for kids. 14 years. Every week, worshiping God. Preaching the gospel calling out to the, the Savior. 14 years. What has God called you to? Have you, have you still got faith for the thing God spoke to you when you were 10, 12, 15, 50? When God spoke a word to your heart in the midst of everyone else, like he, he zoomed out of everyone else and in on you. He said, son, daughter, I've got this for you, whatever this is. Maybe it's to start a business and it hasn't been able to get off the ground. Maybe this is to study and, and the finances are not available and the faith is starting to. I'm asking, have you still got faith? If Jesus came back today, would he find you in faith? And I want to read about this guy named Barty, Bartimaeus. And um, that, didn't, that joke didn't go so well, eh? <laughs> Very serious this morning. Is it me or you guys? And, um, but the same story is described in the book of Mark, but in Mark it gives his name, Bartimaeus, but in Luke it doesn't. And this scripture follows. There's the story of the woman persevering, and in the same chapter you find this 
Scripture. And I think it, it follows. Jesus uses these stories to, and, and these pictures to, to call us. And it's not, it's not disconnected. No line in the Bible is disconnected from what follows or precedes it. So to read in context, to say, well, this Scripture, in this chapter, God is dealing with something of faith. And I want to read about blind Bartimaeus. Verse 35 of Luke chapter 18. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. And last week, we spoke about vulnerability that leads to to the miraculous. Understand this. The Christian life, in the essence of what it is, is miraculous. And God is calling us to be contending and fighting, to see more and more of what we see in the Bible on earth today, calling heaven into earth and saying, God, we trust you. We are the God who choose to believe the Bible that says our God is a healing, miraculous God. He wants to pull us in the story, but think of the story, and I just want to play it out for you for a few minutes. Bartimaeus, for years and years and years, he's been blind. For years and years, a beggar. For years and years, no status, nothing. And he just sat there, and he just begged. And one day, something happens. What happens? Well, Jesus is in their midst. Jesus was present. And I've got to be honest, sometimes people come and say, oh, it was, you just stopped worship when the presence of God came. I'm going, really? Really? God doesn't need me to sing, you to sing, or anyone to sing to be present. He's in everything. He's in every detail. He's in every breath. He's in every laugh. He's in every person. He's glorious. And Bartimaeus is just sitting another normal day, another day of begging, another day of being that guy. But something changes, and he sensed there was something up. And he cries out, and he says, who's it? Who's it? He walks, he's crawling around saying, who is it? And they say, no, it's that guy. It's that guy, Jesus. It's that son of David guy. And he realizes something in his spirit is crying. He needs that guy. He needs that. He says, I want to see him. Say, quiet, man. Quiet. So he shouts out, Jesus, son of David, quiet man, he's a king, get back in your hole, you shouldn't even be here, you shouldn't be in the presence of of a rabbi, shouldn't even be close to him, quiet. But something inside him is so desperate, and so realizing his brokenness, and so realizing that he needs this king, that he shouts out again, Jesus, son of David, And, and there's a silence. Crowd goes quiet and he's, what, what, what? And someone says, he's calling you. And his heart cracks because he realizes maybe, maybe he's done something wrong. Maybe on the other side of this call is, is a judgment. Maybe I, every insecurity inside of a blind man is exposed. And someone takes him by and says, let me lead you. And he, he leads him, he leads him. And he walks up and says, here's Jesus, and he's blind. And he hears this voice. 
What is it that you want from me? And every answer, I shouldn't even be here. I shouldn't have shouted. I should have stayed. I should have laid down. I shouldn't have asked for anything. I want to see. He could have asked for anything. He could have asked for wealth and kingdoms and servants and abilities. But there was one brokenness that was so evident in his life. He said, I want to see. And Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Five questions for us today and then we're done. The first was statements. Looking at this man's life. Faith rises up out and above our circumstances. The Bible doesn't say he might have been a beggar. The Bible says he's a beggar. The Bible says he's blind. That means he was a blind beggar with no status or ability in a world that didn't have facilities for blind people. So he relied on everyone else. He was the needy guy at every party. Oh, Flip, we have to lead Barty again. We have to say, come on, Barty. Flip, we're over here. (laughs) He's that guy. Maybe you feel like that guy. See, beggars, beggars have millions in their bank accounts sometimes. Beggars have trails of achievements behind their names. Beggars don't necessarily sit on street corners. Beggars are impoverished in their soul. That's what the gospel says. That's why Jesus came. Are you prepared to rise up of your circumstances? Maybe you've been there for years. Will you rise up? Will you step out? Second thing is faith gets us moving out of our comfort towards crying out. I think he had that spot. I think, take me to my spot. That's Barty's spot. And Barty sat down. Everyone knew that was Barty's spot. And he's got to go, I've got to leave him. Maybe someone's going to take my spot. Maybe I'm comfortable here. No one's going to hurt me here. I know where the wall's on. I know it's four steps there and five steps there. And I'm safe. But I've got to go there, and it's daunting, and it's challenging. Will you go there, sir or ma'am? Because this man went from blindness to seeing because he trusted that on the other side of a getting up out of a comfort zone is Jesus. And sometimes we ask people to raise hands, and I know if I can just get someone to move out of their seat, there's an automatic responsiveness to Jesus, not to me. It's not some teacher school, a Bible school strategy, get people out of their seats. Why do we call people sometimes the front? Because there's a response in their hearts. That's not about my response. Well, faith, do you still, are you still prepared to get out of your seats? See, I got saved young, 14 years old. All my mates got saved. We all did youth together and we had nothing. And when we were 21, it was easy to worship God when all we had was student loans. But now most of my mates are mid to late 30s. They are directors and companies. They are very successful. They have a whole bunch of stuff. And I go home and I sit with them. I say, I love you. The thing that brought us together was the gospel of Jesus Christ. Have you still got faith? And wives are sick. And guys are running off to a million doctors. I say, friend, have you, have you prayed? Remember what he did when we were 21. And kids are sick. Friend, have you trusted God? Three more points quickly. Faith overcomes opposition. No, Barty, stay down. He doesn't need to see you. It's embarrassing, man. You want to walk in faith? Bible says to Timothy, actually, in fact, everyone who decides to live a godly life will be persecuted. Everyone. It's not like maybe you can sidestep it. Now, God says there's a guarantee. 
And when the opposition voice starts to shout, like it did in the garden and like it will at the end, there's another voice that shouts, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's a miracle-working God. I believe it. And maybe I've had some opposition. And you know I've told stories here of people I've prayed with that didn't get healed. Some of them children that died. And to be honest, I backed down sometimes for a while. But we've got to find ourselves back in Jesus, back in the truth that's about him and not how I feel. Mark, will you still, if Jesus came back, leading a church, preaching, if he came back, would he still find faith in you? Know what you want. Point number four. Five simple points. Know what you want. Jesus said, bottom mass, what do you want? What do you want, sir or ma'am? But really want. I can want big homes and I can want a lot of things. But I want for simple things. I want to love my wife well. Sometimes I do that and sometimes I don't. I want to model faith to my kids so that the day that they get to make a choice and their opposition comes, what rises out of them is a knowledge of the Holy One. I want to fight for those things with, with tooth and nail. I won't fight for homes. I won't fight. I want to fight for those things because those things are eternal. What do you want? Understand this. We don't deserve anything. I, I don't deserve anything. Jesus doesn't owe me anything. I'm purely a recipient of glorious grace. And it's unbelievable. Bartimaeus didn't deserve anything. He just cried out. And I want to, one last point, that prevailing in these things, persevering, faith that perseveres, faith that holds on, faith that ministers for 35 years. And the first time I came to minister, I was standing next to Wally over there. I wasn't going to be coming to this church. And in worship, I looked at Wally and he was weeping because we were sitting about the name of Jesus. And three and a half years later, about to go on another faith journey. I looked down this morning as we sang of the name of Jesus and while he was weeping. And I said, I still want that. That when I've ministered for 35 years, I still weep at the name of Jesus because it still overwhelms me. Because he is that glorious and that good. You know, it's an amazing thing. Genesis 16 ends like this. So Hagar bought Abraham's son. It says that Abraham was 86 years old. And then quiet. Then Genesis 17 starts this. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk with me faithfully and be blameless. And then I will make a covenant between you and I will greatly influence your numbers. Abraham, a father of our faith, for 13 years, God was silent. Do you have faith? Do you have a, a theology of God's blessing in silence? His blessing in his silence. It's not a popular theology. No one's selling books on it in the Christian world. And Christians are freaking out about Donald Trump. Are you freaked out about Donald Trump? And I would ask you, get back in faith in Jesus. And freaking out about Brexit and stocks falling and shares. Get back in faith in Jesus. My emotions cannot be rocked up and down by men of this world. It's not the call when Jesus is on the throne. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful where the streams of abundance flow. Or though I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk in the wilderness. 
Some people lost family members this week. And it's sore. Right now, it's sore. And in the same room, some got promotions. But Jesus is still on his throne. He's still good. He's faithful. He's kind. And he is healer. So I ask you today, but trust me, I'm asking myself, when Jesus returns in glory, will the Son of Man still find faith in me? Because that's all I am. It's what I have. It's the only thing that pleases Him. My worship faithful, or is it duty? If Jesus came back today, now, and interrupted church, how could you interrupt church, Jesus? Jesus interrupted church. Would He find faith in you, sir, in you, ma'am? Some years and years of walking with Him, and some just starting out. I believe this message is a message to encourage folk that have stopped fighting the good fight of faith. Some of you have lost the round, but you, the fight's not over. And I do believe, as Mark was talking about Bartimaeus, he was on the side of the road sitting. And some of you are sitting in your fight where you should be standing. And God, I believe, is wanting you to start to stand again and fight the good fight of faith. And how do we regain that? Quentin brought out a beautiful thought this morning of beholding Jesus. And that faith starts when you look to Him, the author and perfecter of our faith. Start looking to Him, not the circumstances, not your feelings. Faith comes when you start listening to Him. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Blind bottom mass. You heard the crowd. What was the buzz of the crowd? Jesus was coming by. Faith is not leaning to your own understanding, but it's leaning upon Him. And this morning, if you're in that fight, but you're sitting, I believe the word of the Lord to you this morning. Stand up on the inside. Yeah. Look to Him. Listen to Him. Lean on Him. Yeah. And if that's you this morning, Mark's going to pray for your faith to stand up. Yeah. That when he comes, he sees you standing, not sitting. If that's you this morning, and something was stirring in your heart, could you stand as we Mark prays for you this morning? Mm. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and, and it could be, I think people can have faith for healing and not have faith for God to provide. It's a weird thing. God says, will you find faith? If you're saying, actually, I want to stand, and, I, and if Jesus came back right now, there'd be areas of my life that I know there needs to be faith. I'd love to pray with you because I'm standing with you. Yeah. Jesus, we, we stand with our eyes closed right now. Just imagine Bartimaeus. And something inside of him reaching out, crying out, saying, my healer's here. Years and years I've been blind, but, but one touch, one word, and I could be whole. I want to rise in faith like Bartimaeus did, Lord. Still blind sometimes. 
still lacking faith, still not seeing the future, still not knowing how it would work out. How, what would he do? What would he, what would he say? What, I want to rise, Lord, in every area where I lack faith. I want to rise because I know it pleases you. So I pray for every person here, God. Whatever the, the holdings are, whatever the voices that are shouting that are keeping us in too small a place, I pray right now, Jesus, for your grace and your glory. I pray right now that we would be overcome and behold the King of Kings, that with our eyes we would see, with our hearts we would experience, that the gates that are down would be lifted up, that we could see the King of Glory. Who is this King of Glory? Jesus. And we worship you, Jesus. I pray let faith arise in this room. Gifts that have been laid down because of, of brokenness, because of disappointment. Right now, callings that have been laid down because opportunities haven't, because man hasn't given opportunity. I pray picked up again, picked up again, Lord, in faith and trust because of who you are, Jesus. I pray right now for men and women with, with the stories of kids who have lost. I, I look to the Bible, I see a lost coin, a lost son, Lord. I, I see all these lost things coming home. I say, God, bring home the lost coins. Bring home the lost sons. Bring them home because you are the awesome king. And you are the father who sent his son to die so that lost coins and lost fathers could be brought home and lost sons could be brought home. Keep doing that, Jesus, I pray. Do it in me, I pray. And have all the glory, king.